Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, checking the truth of connections we make. We've been bombarded with all sorts of fake news, maybe not fake news, always with these strange storylines that are totally connected. And we need to look at how to make connections and how to test them. We actually make connections and test them all the time. If we follow a recipe, we connect the ingredients. And then we test the recipe and our cooking skills when we taste the result. If it's good, we've made a series of successful connections. But if it flops, then what? If we're confident about our cooking skills, we decide the recipe's at fault and we'll throw it out. But if we're new to cooking, we might back off to simpler recipes for a while so we have a better chance of success. And what about repairing existing connections in objects? Connections like electrical wiring or plumbing leaks or even fixing fencing on a ranch. They all get tested by trying them out. Either they work or you have to have another run on it. With the fencing, you might have to catch a stray horse or cow in the process. But these are all examples in the world of objects. Now, let's look at how we can test our thought connections. Here's how scientists do it. They're going to test and retest. And they look for colleagues not that support them, but might attack the pattern. Because if there's a flaw, they want to find it. And then there are the researchers who get hunches about possible connections. Those are the real innovators in science. And they tend to play with chaos a lot. I'm pleased to find that they often have really messy desks, since I do. For example, Margaret Mead's desk and her office were incredibly cluttered. She had odd papers stacked everywhere and books that were on the shelves and on her desk and stacked up and cattywampus. And then out of that, she came up with great ideas. These researchers in science have one trait in common. They're very calm, and they're not at all attached to the outcomes. So they have the will to test their findings over and over again. And they just have a better sense than most of us about where to dig to find patterns. Often the discoveries can have strange connections to other fields even. Here's a great example that's happened recently. There was a recent graduate student who was quite bright and got fascinated with how to code the phonetics of speech. And he decided to choose speech examples from a dozen celebrities to analyze the sounds they used. Among them, he chose Freddie Mercury, who had a vocal range of four octaves and four extra teeth in his mouth, which he kept because he thought that might have something to do with his singing. But he also had a major overbite, so his upper teeth touched his lower lip a lot. He also looked at Michael Phelps, the gold medal swimmer, whose speech was just about the opposite, and he had a very different jaw design. What he found was that there were huge differences in the dental labial sounds, tooth-to-lip sounds. So try making the F or the V sound, if you go F or V, and then notice where your upper teeth go. Now try making those same sounds without touching your lower lip. You can't. It turns out that those odd discoveries he made were exciting to another field, one of linguistic anthropology, Those folks were trying to figure out why hunter-gatherer languages didn't have those sounds. 
What they realized then is that you had to have soft diets in order to shift the jaw enough to allow contact with lower lip and the ability to make those sounds. Here's how philosophers and religious scholars tend to make connections and test them. They're going to often track the thinking of several wisdom streams at the same time. And if they want to test whether a fresh idea they have is worth adding to their connections, they're going to look to see what these other streams have to say about it. If two or more other streams have the same idea, that's going to give them confidence that it's probably a truth, a piece of wisdom they can count on. If they're working on theories in social science fields, they might include psychological research findings, stories from their students or their clients, and even other fields like anthropology or neurology or educational philosophy and approaches. Here's one more strategy for testing connections. I had the great good fortune of talking to a very committed and new AA member who is identifying which steps he needs to take to support his sobriety. I asked him how he chose which step. He said he needs to detect whether the step is just an old pattern popping up or whether it's based on real wisdom. His approach then was to slow his mind really far so that he could quiet it. And then he could allow a very small voice to speak through him. That voice, he said, is worthy of his attention. The other ideas, they were just storylines that could lead him astray. All of these connection seekers and testers do have the one thing in common. They are all operating in a very slow brain speed. And that allows them to focus but not get overly attached. This is what sets them apart from the conspiracy-based connection makers. And that slower, more inward zone might help you test your connections as well. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.